Oh, hello. How are you all? I guess I better get with the program, haven't I? I tell you what, it is great to be here uh, this morning for this is us. And that's what it is. This is us. That's what we're going to be speaking of this morning. And uh, I'm pulling my notes up here right quick. I'm a sort of disoriented. I'm used to sitting down there before I get up here. But with my knees the way they are, I sat up here to come down here. And then I forgot to get everything set up because I'm sort of disoriented. But this morning, we're going to talk about this is us, about a threefold cord. It is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can be turning there. It is great to be here. So I ask for you to be praying for me this morning because I'm going to need your prayers. And if you see me leaning on the pulpit, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lean on the pulpit. So, and if I have to, I'll grab a chair and sit in it. But with God, all things are possible. In Ecclesiastes chapter four, starting in verse nine, it says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. That is the text tonight. That is the subject that uh, tonight. This is the morning. You can tell I'm used to preaching at night. This would be the first time I preached in a morning in a long time. I've already went through two messages to get to this one. So it may bleed over and I may just do all three of them this morning. That would be a blessing, wouldn't it? That's right. I like honesty in the church. Yes. Yes. Tell up my brothers and my sisters. You know why? I love laughter in the church because we're a family. We're a family. Temple Baptist uh, has a, a great, great has had a great impact on my life, is having a great impact on my life, and will have an impact on my life because I'm planning on being here a while. And that should be the same for you. How many of you all can say here this morning, now if you catch me going to the evening, tell me it's morning, okay, that Temple has made an impact on you. Say amen. amen. All right. Is Temple still making an impact on you? Amen. Will it make an impact on you in the future? Amen. Amen. Why? It's us. We're a family. And this is where Temple Baptist Church is where I started my family. My lovely bride, Miss Lisa. She's already sitting, oh Lord. <laughs> Here he goes. It was at Temple. Back in 19, 
97, November the 9th, I asked my wife, well, she wasn't my wife then. I wouldn't ask her because she's somebody else's wife as she was. So I made sure she was single first. And I asked her, along with Brianna, that was standing in between us, if you want to know what she looked like back then, look at Gia today. And that's about what you got. And then, what was it? Uh, January the 9th, I proposed to my bride in 1998. I believe Brett and Joyce had just left the house, didn't they? They were over there, see? Isn't that amazing? Don't we have a great pastor and pastor's wife? They're there for us, aren't they? Let's give them a hand. I tell you what, Brett and Joyce, they go together like peas and carrots. <laughs> they're just, don't worry, I'll, I'll stay away from them because now they're getting nervous. Now they know how my wife feels. But it was at Temple Baptist that all this happened. It was at Temple Baptist that uh, we were married on May the 9th, 1998. Yes, I am trying to impress you. I'm a guy and I remember dates, but I asked her before I got up here just to make sure. So, yeah, that's life. But my wedding day at Temple Baptist was wonderful. <laughs> no, it was great. I loved it. And uh, a lot of you all participated in our wedding. I remember, this is us. We're a family here, okay? Miss, you know where I'm going, don't you, Debbie? Debbie, Miss Debbie and I spent time in the ladies' bathroom together. <laughs> Lisa said, I told you to try those things on before you got here. And the whole side of that monkey suit or tux or whatever you want to call them, ripped. And bless her heart, she was in there with safety pins and trying to fasten me up. And I'm thinking, okay, this is uncomfortable. And then, what y'all don't know, the night before the church came together to help us because the lady that was going to set everything up for our wedding, she became sick and had to go to the hospital. So she gave us the keys to her truck and her shop. So we had to set up our whole wedding the night before the wedding. And the church came alongside and helped us. We're together. And then there was bread again. You know, the only thing I had a problem with that wedding is that our church was off-centered back then, the aisle. If you look at the video, it was over here. But Brett was standing up there. He was doing such a good job. And he said, Danny. No, he didn't say it like that. He said, Danny, do you take Lisa to be your lawfully widow? I messed up again. Well, I was standing there and I forgot what he told me to say. 
So I say, I take Lisa to be my lawfully, legally wedded wife. Hmm. That's what I said. This is us. This is church family. You got to love it. But this is us. It was here at Temple Baptist I first embarrassed my wife. I did. I did a good job. We like to, she just crawled right under the pew, pretty as you please. No, Brett, again, Brett's going to come up a lot tonight, tonight, this morning. And uh, there we were. And he told me to ask me if I could say something special about Thanksgiving. You know, what we're thankful for and all that. And I've done that. I was thankful for everything. And on my way down the steps over there, I said, oh yeah, almost forgot. I want to thank God for sending me a woman. <laughs> Do y'all remember that? So does she. She was wearing red at the time and I couldn't tell where the red and the face ended because and uh, I forgot the lady that was sitting there. I forgot her name, but she reached over and patted her and said, that's all right. That's just Danny. <laughs> He's like that. So I said all that to lighten it up a little bit and to let you know that Temple Baptist is a family. I was here for 11 years as associate pastor and I left to go pastor a church for about six years. And then I was at a Emmaus for about four or five years. And then God brought me back to my home church, Temple Baptist. If you are looking for a place of worship, I have the perfect place for you. If you're tottering on should I or shouldn't I, should I or shouldn't I, by all means pray, but this is a great place to hang your hat. Amen? All right. Now, that was the join us. That's how the church family, Brett asked me to say something, you know, in order to, how the church family can work together, how the church helps with one another. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and through 12, as I've done read, mainly verse 12, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I got it broke down if you got your app, church app. I finally get to say that. If you have your church app, you can flip to the church app and you can find this outline or part of it because I added to it. Sorry, Brett, didn't tell you. All right. Now confession is out of the way. I can go with a peaceful heart now. We're going to look at the description of our threefold cord, the obligation of our threefold cord, and the seriousness of a threefold cord. Now, under the description of a threefold cord, the Holy Trinity is one of the cords, the church is another cord, and the family is the third cord. And these cords are woven together to become one strong, mighty cord that will not break. Because the reason I say it will not break is because the center part of the core of the cord 
is the Holy Trinity. How many of you all are familiar with that word, the Holy Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We got the complete package here. For the scripture tells us in John chapter five and verse seven that for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Now to describe a holy trinity, the holy trinity, it boggles the human imagination and is really hard to grasp. I saw one formula, a math formula to describe this. It's not one plus one plus one equals three, but it's one times one times one equals one. We got three, but we've got one. Another illustration, you've got water, you've got ice, you've got vapor or steam condense them all down, you got one, water. An apple, you got the core, you got the meat of the apple, and you got the skin of the apple, but it's still one. It's just one. And a lot of people has a lot of problems with this. Our human minds have difficulties understanding this, so we must accept it by faith. That's that's it. I can't say no more. By faith. Jonah was swallowed by a whale. The whale spit him out three days later. Did that happen? Yes. By faith, it happened. The word of God said it happened. It happened. They threw three Hebrew boys into a furnace and they came out and did not even smell like smoke. That happened. God created the world in seven days. That happened by faith. Can I explain all of it? No. I wished I could. But in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29 is my go-to scripture for that question. The secret things belong to God and you best leave them there. Just accept it by faith. Forsaken all, I trust him. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. It's impossible without faith. So that's our core, is the Holy Trinity. And you can wrap around that anytime you want. I pictured it as a, I drive a school bus and I do think a lot while I'm driving a bus. Of course, I pay attention to the children and the road and the, all that every now and then. When I hear gravel, I start pulling it back in line. When I see a guy on a bicycle jumping the ditch with his bike, I say, oh, okay, okay, okay. Back to preaching now. And uh, as I'm going down the road, I, I think upon these things and I just 
get lost. And I thought of an oak tree as the centerpiece. I know that might be crazy to some people, but that's just how I thought. An oak tree. For you all that are into yoga, there you go. You're blessed. Okay. Now I have to have shoulder surgery. All right. I picture a mighty oak, strong, sturdy, been there for ages. It provides shade. It provides housing for little animals and everything. It's mighty. It is strong. And I picture that as a center piece of the cord, something strong, something you can wrap your mind around. And then you've got the church. It's a community of redeemed people of which Jesus is the head. Okay? So we, the center, one cord is the Holy Trinity. The second one, the church. And it's a community of, of redeemed people to which we come and worship together. You all that are redeemed, we are a church body in this local congregation and we come to worship. Colossians 1.18 tells us, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in all things he has preeminence. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Amen? Not Danny, not Brett, not any of you all, but Jesus Christ is the head. I heard a story one time of a fellow that was drowning. But as long as he kept his head above the water, he knew he wouldn't drown. But if his head ever went under, it's evident he was going to drown. Listen, church, we may feel like we're drowning. We may feel like the world is wrapped around us and is pulling us down. But with Jesus... As the head, that head is never going under. That head will be above the waters. It will be above the trials. It'll be above the difficulties. It'll be above the uh, marital relational problems, whatever it may be. Christ's head will not go under. And I'm part of that body. And Jesus is the head, so I got it made. How about you? Yeah? The church, it is not just a building. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of the one body being many are one body, so also in Christ. The building is not the church. It's the people. If I can remember this. Hang with me. This is commercial. I'm just saying if I can remember this. This is the church. This is the steeple. Open the door, and there's all the people. Huh? It's the people. It's not the brick, the mortar. It's not the lights. It's not all this padded pews. It is the people. The church doesn't stay in one central location. The church goes out to every place. When we leave, the church goes out. And with a church, they need to wrap, weave, entangle themselves with the main cord, 
which is the Holy Trinity. And then the description, you've got the family. It starts with the parents. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Genesis chapter two and verse 24. That is the beginning. You notice at the very, very beginning, God established marriage. Marriage is special. Marriage is when a man takes a lady that he loves and they are united together. And then after that, they build a family. They have children. In Lisa and I's case, ours got shipped to us. Amen. We got four of them, but they were shipped to us. May not sound right by saying it that way, but there it is. I'm Danny. Bless you. But we've got a family. And uh, the children... Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is reward. Like the arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. <laughs> they shall not be ashamed. But you will speak with our enemies in the gate. And that's not to give them away. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Brother, you can go all day long. <laughs> five of them. That's not, we got another fiver in here. Mary Beth is. Oh Lord, I'm not going to use the names without checking, verifying it. You got five, don't you? Anybody else in here have five children? There you go. There you go. Hey, y'all love this verse. You all are actually taking this verse to heart. Temple is growing. It is multiplying. Isn't it wonderful? We've got a family. We got the Holy Trinity. We got the church and we got our families. And you can see all this needs to just all wrap together and makes a cord, a strong cord that will not be broken. And sometimes life is tough. And sometimes we get ourselves into situations where we need something strong to pull us out of it. And that cord is there. Maybe you got... You may have family difficulties or problems, financial difficulties, and you try to handle it on your own and whatever. And you may get out in the world, but there's a cord that you have that can bring you back. You may be visiting for the first time in a long time here at Temple this morning. You may have been wayward for a while. Somebody may have hurt your feelings in church. It happens. Something may have happened where you've prayed and prayed and prayed for God to answer something and he did not answer your prayer. And you got mad at him and you quit. 
Or you may have went to the doctor and got a diagnosis and it wasn't good. And you get angry at God and you quit. Yeah. Grab hold. We'll pull you back. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the church, the family, pull you back and you will be loved, won't they, Pastor? They will be embraced. You are home. Just come. Just come. You know, I go around shaking hands with a lot of people. I've been gone for about 11 years. And I was thinking, huh, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. You know how, how I do it. And, I, and some of y'all have been asked this. Are you a member here? Okay. Uh, no, but I'm thinking about it. I said, okay. I said, I'm new back here. I don't know who's member. I know some of the older ones, not in age wise, but you know. I know some of the old ones here, but some of the newer ones, I don't know who they are. I don't know if they're members or not, so I just ask you. Don't get offended, just join. <laughs> In my head, it seems simple. They said, well, with that head, anything would be simple. Oh, the obligation of our threefold cord. The obligation, the Holy Trinity has an obligation in this threefold cord. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 4, I'm going to turn over to that one. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given uh, to us exceedingly great precious promises. God's made promises through this word of his. And he is bound to those promises. He's obligated. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God will do it. The word says he'll do it. But God, he, how can he love me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him, that's you, 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 and you, can have everlasting life. God said it, God demonstrated it, and God, the Holy Trinity, is waiting, and now the church also has an obligation. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not for sacred forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but, erode, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. 
And also the family has an obligation. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six through eight. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. The obligation of the family. Teach them to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. We've got an obligation. The Holy Trinity's got an obligation. The church has an obligation. And the family has an obligation. We are to pull together. Sometimes we got a lot of weak cords, weak strings. But if you take them, you say, I'm too weak to do that. I, I do not have the strength to do that. Come, intertwine with a family. Intertwine with a church. Intertwine with God. And you'll become stronger. You'll have people to help you with your strength. And uh, let's see. There was the church also responsibility is a place of support. Now I'm going to read you a message. Your mom said it was okay. So I'm going to read it. Oh, it's okay with you? Okay. Here we go. All right. <laughs> this was a message from Mary Beth Week. Tonight while praying, Justice had his turn and he all of a sudden says, and please be with this guy at church named Danny. He's the one that says, hey, in a deeper voice, drone, but hey. In the morning, he is going to the doctor about his knees. So please be with him and be with all the houses we went to today for saturation and Edna knows and her family. That's from a child. Somebody's got a parent that's teaching what I just read about. And this morning, it blessed my heart even more. Mom came up to me, Mary Beth came up to me. And he asked his mother if his knees would work. That's family. That's a beautiful picture of a family, a church, and the Holy Trinity working together. And that's a cord that's hard to break. It's impossible to break because you've got that Holy Trinity there. And then it's, it gets even better. Well, I don't know, that's pretty good. This morning, I got another text from another brother in the church. Love is the glue that holds the strands of the cord together and keeps it from unraveling. Love for God, love for family, and love for the church. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Brother Michael sent that to me this morning on the phone. That's family. That's us. We look after one another. If a child can do it, we as adults can do it. If you don't have a place of worship and you need a place to worship, come and be loved. 
We will be here for you. We will help you. Just ask those that are already here. And the seriousness of the threefold cord, the Holy Spirit takes it serious. The Holy God takes it serious. How does he take it serious? He gave his own son. How did Jesus take it serious? He came. He died. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He is our advocate. He is on the right hand of God right now that when I pray, Jesus picks it up and takes it to God. I got an open doorway to the holy throne room through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is my teacher. He's my God. He's my instructor. And he is my convictor. And they take it serious. You know, it's serious when you're willing to die for someone, isn't it? It's real serious. The church better take it serious too. Put on the whole armor of God. I won't read that because you know that passage pretty well. But put on the whole armor of God that you can withstand against the wiles of the devil. And the family must take it extremely serious as well. And they must train a child up in the way it should go. When he gets old, it will not depart from it. I remember at Morningside, I'd done a devotion here a couple of Thursdays ago. And I used that text. And I'm talking to a bunch of 80-year-old, 90-year-olds, you know, whatever, older people. And I read that text. The text said, train up a child in the way she go. When he gets old, uh, he will not depart from it. And then I said, well, you're old. Have you departed? Or have you came back yet? According to scripture, our heavenly father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to you in prayer, I thank you for the message. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the provision you made for us. And I want to also pray for that one that is struggling. They used to be a part of a church. They used to walk with you. They used to talk with you. They used to spend time with you. And now they don't because they got their feelings hurt or something tragic happened to them and they've got away. Let them find that cord this morning and pull them back in. Pull them in. They're going to be loved. And Father God, for that one that does not experience any of this because they are not your child. They're not part of the church family. They're not part of the church because they have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. This morning is the perfect morning for them. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll arrest their hearts right now and convict them and love them and bring them home. Thank you for the message. Thank you for what you're going to do during this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.